Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome back to another episode of the Hashtag Open to Work Journeys podcast. I'm Robert, your guide on this adventure to navigate the ever-changing landscape of life, careers, and personal growth. In today's episode, we're diving deep into the art of stress management, but with a twist. And as an avid gamer, I, I love the idea that you, uh, as a hero in a game, and a lot of role-playing games, you start out as this base level one character, but then you go through this leveling up process. Some people even take it to an extreme, and they focus on making their character as amazing as possible before they even set out into the world to do anything. That process is called power leveling. It is where they uh, you focus on improving a specific ability to the point where you feel like you are practically a master. And when you go out into the world, there will not be a challenge that can overcome how strong you have made that skill. When you think about applying that to life, doesn't that sound great for your stress management? That if you had such a handle on it, that dang near anything you faced could not phase how you manage it when it's in the form of a stressor. Today, I'm going to share not just a list of, of tools and techniques, but the next evolutionary step that I would suggest to take with it if you want to truly power level your stress management game. But it's not just me in this formula, and this is not just a, a, a solo player adventure, and with me today is my co-captain on this journey, my haller, Christy, is here to discuss, provide some insights, share her tools as well. Thanks for being my co-pilot today, much like in life, haller. Hey, thanks for having me again. Hashtag to be clear. Christy has very much her own approach to how she deals with stressors, the expectations and obligations that, that each day throws at us. And in addition to having her own approach to all of that, she has also been, you know, side by side with me through much of my stress management improvement because definitely this year with the big indefinite question mark of what next professionally, it makes it very easy to fill in a lot of the processing power with stressful thoughts and, and, and then stressors amplify along with those stressful thoughts and then it's just you're living in a world of stress. So these are some of the things that I have brought to the table for myself and I hope that some of you uh, will discover or give a chance and benefit from as well. But I know Christy will also have her own two cents for what she has seen of these processes, whether it's something she utilizes as well or something she's seen me put to use in new or newly established ways. Having said that, any thoughts before we dive into this, Christy? No, let's get started before I get stressed out. The first tool that I would like to discuss is a very simple one. But it is what almost any professional or someone imparting knowledge tends to start with when we talk about managing our stress, and that is our breathing and our breathing techniques. There are a lot of different manners of de-stressing breathing techniques that I've heard uh, along the way. There are two that I am more particularly fond of, but I'm just going to highlight one and maybe maybe Christy has one of her own. The one I most simply like to do is you breathe in for a certain amount of time, you hold the breath for the same amount of time, and then you exhale the breath for double 
that time. So for for me, a lot of times it's going to be about four seconds, maybe five. But for others, it could be different. You, you know, you set your own. So two different tweaks you can make that could have varying effects for you. Again, I am not a medical professional. These are just things I have taken in and tried myself and have my own experiences to impart. One is where am I attempting to inhale that breath to and hold it at in my body? Some people think, you know, just, just immediately just, you know, let it go into your chest, fill your lungs. Others say try to breathe more down in your belly because there are, uh, I believe, nerves down there that, that can, when kind of the pressure gets put on them, it can induce calming effects. So that's the first piece I say is try to imagine that you're trying to get that breath in in through your belly and incorporate that into the breathing technique. The second piece is in the exhale. When you breathe out, imagine you're doing it with a straw in your mouth. And it's just, again, part of the reason why the exhale is twice as long as the intake and the hold is because releasing carbon dioxide out of your body, it, it, it is a part of the process of reducing the things that put stress on your muscles and your body. So letting go of, of what was being held in your body is, is an integral part to starting to break some of that stress. Breathing it out like it's through a straw helps to elongate that process of breathing out and, and really emphasize that you are taking your time to expel all of that stress out of your body. Before I talk about power leveling, do you have your own personal breathing technique that you tend to fall back on by default, Christy? I tend to do what you already said. Um, I don't think that I've ever spent time holding it in, but when you inhale, it should be um, shorter than your exhale. But also I think it just goes with, you know, the saying, and I feel like I, I learned this at a young age was like in with the good out with the bad. So if you can kind of get that in your head that you're going to, you know, take in, in good, but that you want to get double the bad out. What a wonderful segue because my power leveling from your breathing technique is meditation. I mean, there's a lot of people can talk, can describe meditation and what it means to them in a lot of different ways. I'm not going to try to preach to you anything specific. Go out there and seek out a mindfulness app. That's the easiest uh, place to start. There's so many out there and they will most likely introduce some form of option of beginner's meditation to you and just see what works for you. There's so many different ways to approach this. There are podcasts that do meditation episodes. So the options are endless to help guide you through it if you feel you need guided through the process of meditation. But it is so valuable because it really, you know, some people think, oh, it's too hard to just not think or clear my clear my mind, clear my thoughts. And that's not really what meditation is. It's living within your thoughts in a more calming manner at least again from my perspective you you can't avoid the thoughts going in you know through your mind it's almost like imagine you're on a hill staring at a highway with so many cars going by driving like 85 miles an hour those are your thoughts the idea is you are okay with those things be there being so many and they're speeding right by and you just want to be able to exist within it in the best manner possible so meditation to me really is incorporating your mind more specifically into the process of focused breathing and relaxation techniques, you know, tweaks that you make to that process, you know, how you're positioned and, and how long you do it for. And like I said, guided or unguided, that's up to you. I really, truly, to be 100% transparent, wanted to talk about this today because it is something that I used to do very regularly and I don't 
now. I will just speak for Christy. Hopefully she won't mind when I say this as she has been someone that has championed me getting back into meditation. Christy, any other thoughts before we move on to our next tool? Well, for me, I think the biggest thing is people need to maybe think about that meditation doesn't have to be like your traditional meditation that you're thinking of. I am a high energy person. And I think Robert could attest to that from the time my feet hit the floor. I'm like ready to go, go, go. And so it's very hard for me to settle down. And when Robert presented meditation to me, like maybe you should try this. Maybe, you know, learning how to settle your mind can help you to not feel so like high energy when you don't want to be. And I'm just going to be straight honest that it's it's just I don't feel like it's for me. I haven't found a meditation technique that I enjoy besides uh, as previously mentioned in uh, episode three, I ran a marathon And during my training, I mean, you're out there running for hours. So one thing that I would consider either affirmations or meditation, but I considered it my meditation is when I was running and I was feeling weak or tired, I would tell myself over and over again. And I think this is a form of meditation because you're focusing on, you know, like these goals. I would tell myself be light, but strong. So the impact of my feet. Um, I was having some knee problems and some calf problems and some strains. So I'd tell myself over and over again, or be fierce and strong, just something over and over. And I took that as a meditation because I wasn't thinking about anything else. And it was actually kind of calming. So I think just knowing that meditation doesn't have to mean, you know, you're sitting down with your legs crossed, eyes closed, you can meditate. It's almost like a daydreaming, right? Daydreaming would be considered a a form of meditation, in my opinion. Think outside the box when you're thinking about this. Thank you, Christine. Once again, that presents a, a lovely segue to another tool or method that I feel has benefited me and I think is uh, you know widely accepted as benefiting others. When you talked about you know repeating a line again and again to yourself to, that, that keeps you propelled in the right direction, my like wonderful little buzzword for that are mantras. An amazing means of ensuring that you still maintain control over what happens next. Something as simple as you've got this, Rome wasn't built in a day. There's so many different ones I could go on and on. They're all steps in the right direction. Just in that moment where you feel like the stress is overtaking you, remind yourself that it doesn't have to be like this indefinitely, that this isn't all of life. Whatever you so choose. I'll share a couple of my actual personal ones in just a second here. When we talk about leveling it up further, it really comes down to the mantra is about reminding yourself that you have control over you. You have the power of choice. You can choose to be stronger than whatever the stressor is that is putting you into that state. Power level this one up. It's very important to ensure that you are reminding yourself effectively that you make a choice. I choose to make this a good day has been simple change for the last month or so for me. And it just, it's not, you know, I'm not going to say like 100% solves my problems, but it gives me a better perspective dang near every time. And then here's my other favorite. You can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. This was brought to me by a behavioral health professional. It's been, I guess, scientifically studied that your brain just can't 
contain those same waves like cohesively. Those two have been amazing for me. It's not just about utilizing it while you meditate. That is a form of meditation. You just keep repeating, you know, whether it's om or a, a phrase or a word. Um, that is one means of going about meditation, as Christy mentioned. But it is also a means of actively taking a pause from what is affecting you to try and positively reset. I am a big fan of that. It has been one that has been a, a, a small tweak with significant benefits to me this year. You kind of introduced the thought a little bit, but any further thoughts to that effect, Christy? Actually, yes. So I am going to use the example that um, we have with our youngest, our three-year-old. And we started this at a pretty young age, I would say, with her. And after her bath, we put her uh, in front of the mirror and she says things like, I am strong, I am smart, I am beautiful. And then she kind of just, we let her add whatever she wants to add. Very glad you brought that example up. I'm going to kind of de-level it for a moment and say where it begins for me, at least, is before I can start really focusing on me in the best way possible and affirming myself, I have to stop comparing myself to others. So that's another one I have for, for you today as well. It's not really a tool, really just a, a mindset that you have to make a choice to do. When you stop comparing yourself and just hold yourself as your own unique, most beautiful, perfectly you story in the universe that nobody else is imitating, you can then start to focus on the greatness that is you and affirming who you are. Do you have do you have more to add to that, Chris? Because I feel like you you are uh, far more advanced than I am when it comes to this, you know, the, the personal positive affirmation. Just wanted to touch on that. You said that you didn't really feel like it was a tool, but more I think it's about awareness. I uh, think it's important just to, even if you feel like you're not a person who compares yourself to others, just challenge you to think about that and see, is there any way subconscious is thinking, oh, I saw that they got this. Now I want this, you know, that kind of thing, comparing yourself to the Joneses, challenge yourself to see down to even like, you know, your basic things. Are you doing that? So it's just more to bring awareness to it. The next one I want to talk about is, is very important and it's, you're going to actually here on an upcoming episode, uh, going deeper into this concept with a, a professional in this realm, personal accountability. You have to recognize that you are accountable for you. The important thing to know is you can't control others' accountability. The best thing you can do is work to build, grow, evolve, master your personal accountability and then behavior model and then go out and make connections with people. And when you make effective connections, guess what? Then you can influence and then suddenly you're succeeding in putting better accountability out into the world. It starts with recognizing you only control your accountability, not others. And I feel like that's a topic that comes up quite a bit in our household, especially in the adult conversations between Christine and myself. So I'm sure you've got some thoughts on the subject of accountability. I just think that you pointed out something spectacular, which is you cannot change somebody else's accountability. I feel like for me this year, this is a huge lesson that I need to learn. It's hard for me to understand how people don't have a drive to constantly want to learn, grow, be better. 
And I think I push sometimes too much my own beliefs on others, hoping that they will be more accountable. I've tried to revert this in and put this energy towards myself now and think of different places and, and lean towards more what you were saying about the, the modeling of the behavior hoping that the people who are around me will just start to want to to pick up some of that drive that that I have and keep going and growing and learning. Yeah, it's definitely a topic that I could go on and on about. Where does that power level go to, right? And you know, we've gotten ourselves mindful through our breathing techniques and meditation where we've worked ourselves through the need to compare and focus more on ourselves and positively affirming. And then we're also building our accountability along with that positive sense of self. So what comes next? Positive manifestation. You take the mindfulness, you take the control with, of your thoughts that alongside your breathing, you, you, you set aside all of the, the beliefs that you need to be keeping up with the Joneses and comparing, you know, your open to work journey with other people's open to work journeys. And then you start to remind yourself how great you are. I am Robert frickin Haller. And then you recognize you are the one in control over your universe. Now with all of that. You start telling yourself exactly what you want to get. Positive manifestation is absolutely a means to get a handle and uh, control over your own stress management game. So at this point, I'm going to take uh, a brief little pause and we will be back with more tools right after this. fellow travelers just me with a promo break i took some time away from releasing episodes but that didn't mean i wasn't working to bring you content i'm excited to say i had my first guest appearance released with joey misbehaves and his podcast unmuffled banter i had a wonderful opportunity to have a real conversation on accountability and resilience i invite you to take a listen you can find it on all the major podcast services just like hashtag open to work journeys and you can also find Joey Misbehaves on Facebook, Twitter, etc., and at unmuffledbanter.com. Fear not, there are some great new episodes in the works in the weeks to come, including new interviews and more Team Haller. On the subject of accountability, I had a chance to welcome Debbie Kinney to the Open to Work Journeys podcast. Debbie is an accountability coach amongst her many professional specialties and the founder of the company Hello Coaching where she asks you to say hello to the best version of you. Here's a taste of what to expect on that episode coming soon. I came into the coaching space as a side hustle. Um, something that I had been aware of for years was the statistic that most millionaires have seven streams of income. Um, and so if it's, you know, two jobs and maybe um, an IRA or some sort of retirement savings. And so my eye on the prize was always for me and my family, I wanted to get to those seven streams. So when I was approached about coaching, not only did it resonate with me professionally and in my values, as I said before, but I was like, oh my gosh, that could be kind of a check mark, check that box of another stream of income. And so it really did start as a side hustle. I really didn't know exactly how much it would grow or how much I would really fall in love with it. And so that's really where I started. And what was so great about it, when we talk about creating the side hustle, but not letting it own you, 
it was so nice because in day-to-day -day corporate world, you're doing everything you can to rise to the top, to stand apart, to prove yourself. And with a side hustle, when it's your business, it's, it's a reflection of you. And All that and more yet to come on this journey to greater seasons ahead. Haller if you hear me. Okay, continuing on, this is one that is very integral to me in my best of times and worst of times or more challenging times, let's say, as I'm sure many of you will attest, and that is the power of music. The music we choose can make all of the difference. We all have probably specific songs or playlists for when we want to be in a certain mood, right? You're going to listen to one set of music when you're trying to work out versus what you might want to be listening to while dancing in the kitchen at your house. The first thing I want to say here is make time to identify and craft or identify songs that are, that are mood changing for you and figure out which ones put you into the better moods, which ones just seem to always make you a little bit more happy, inspired, or just plain calm. And when we think about power leveling that, how do we power level like listening to music? Well, I, I learned about this very recently on a, another podcast, The Mindset Mentor with Rob Dial. And he talked about how there's actually been scientific studies into certain forms of music and even specific songs, true like scientific results showing the impact it has over people's state of mind when they are anxious or stressed or, you know, just trying to get their, you know, get their heart rate down or for, for whatever reason may be. One song that he mentioned and I did my digging and sure enough, there's, there have been scientific studies. I'll give to you as a, a you know, a little paying it forward. It's called Weightless by Marconi Union. Go ahead and give it a listen. I have it added to my playlist now, and there's definitely certain times where I put it on, and it's, you know, it's, it's again, it's almost like film scores. That's, a, that's another form that actually studies have shown help people with their productivity as well. So give, like, you know, musical film scores uh, a, a consideration as well. There are so many wonderful crafted playlists on all of the different subscription services, I'm pretty sure, at this point. Any other thoughts or additions as it relates to the, to the topic of music christy i think you pretty much hit everything that i would have thought to say the big thing for me is the playlist so i have different playlists depending on what's going on i even have a playlist for when i'm upset with robert and i have a playlist for when i want to be reminded how madly in love i am and remain with this woman or, or I just want to have a good cry. Like, why, why doesn't it feel this good today? But uh, speaking of music, and we talked about it before, you know, music serves so many good positive functions for us if we allow it to. I'm sure so many of us utilize music whenever we want to get more physically active. And that segues wonderfully to one of the more obvious means of stress management, and that is physical activity and exercise. I don't think it's really necessary for me to really talk about why that is an you know obvious addition to the list here regular exercise i will tell you getting my exercise goals my 10,000 steps in some form of like like continual fitness for you know minimally you know 10 to 20 minutes 
getting it out of the way earlier in the day not only puts my body into a better place, but it puts my head game into a better place because I know I've already done something really beneficial for myself. And it's it's something on my little checklist, which I'll get to in a little bit. Making time for that dedicated exercise, whatever whatever you got to do to do it. If it, Again, if it's music, if it's taking a friend along, uh, but find time for that exercise. And if you find yourself being stressed, if you can make an impromptu decision to run to the gym or even just run a mile around the neighborhood. I not every, know not everyone's a runner, but even a, a one-mile walk uh, or a one-mile run, you're probably going to be done with it, you know, 30 minutes or less, let's say. It's not taking out a huge chunk of your day. And if you get your heart rate pumping, you do a good power walk to a jog, to a run, to a sprint – Depending on your physical capabilities, it's going to have a benefit. And I'll just say, for me personally, the the more that my exercise efforts just straight up exhaust my body, the better my like stress levels are for the rest of the day. For me, it, it is it is a very vital part of of my regime. And again, one where my where my partner in crime over here, Haller, is always so wonderful to make sure she's constantly trying to suggest, hey, why don't we go do this to get our, our workout on? Or why don't we go do this to uh, to get some you know steps out of the way? Those 10,000 steps a day, that's such a wonderful goal to make. Uh, and and I, love, I love being able to hit that goal. How about you, Haller? Yeah, and I think it's finding work, what works best for you. So I'm a person who likes to work out in the morning. Sometimes it just happens that I have to fit in the gym time or if I'm taking some of the kids and they have to get out of school first and we go to the gym and I work out at night, it's just, I think, too much for me. And I cannot go to sleep because I have so much energy from doing that. And I think it's de-stressed me so much. So I'm just like bouncing around. So I've just found that for me, working out or you know doing, doing any kind of exercising is better for me in the morning. I mean, I can start as early as like 5. 5am and be totally happy. I might be passing out around nine, but still you have to find what works for you. And I just suggest if you're going to start trying this and you're not a person who has ever exercised one, you want to go to your doctor and make sure that's okay. And two, you need to find what routine is going to work for you. So you have a 30 minute lunch and you can, you know, walk around somewhere that's close to where you, where you work. Robert and I, when we worked in the same location, we would walk laps around the outside of the building, wherever you can fit it in is where you need to try and then see what works best for you. Does it work best for you to to get up early Um, or does it work best to go later in the night and kind of exhaust you? I feel like Robert gets more exhausted when he exercises and I get more energy. Thank you. You you hit on some things that I'm going to circle back to in in just a moment. I want to make sure and touch on the power leveling aspect to exercise, at least from my perspective. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can get that exercise benefit. What I really want to encourage you to do is take it outdoors. Do it out in nature wherever you possibly can. Nature just naturally de-stresses us. The greenery, fresh air, natural world there's so many ways you can go out there and get your exercise accomplished. I, for one, am a bit more of an outlier in the household. I tend to always just pine for some sort of outside exercise workout routine and like look at the gym like, uh, I, I just rather it 
do this instead. So I will say, you know, obviously don't go far off to the extreme where you just rule out doing other forms of exercise while waiting for nature opportunities. My suggestion here is incorporate the outdoors, incorporate nature and into your exercise and just your stress management game in general. Uh, there, there's a term that I can't recall. Needless to say, I'm, I'm not the only one here that's passionate about being outside and exercise. What about you, Christy? What do you think when it comes to the outdoor aspect of being our, um, physically active and helping our stress management? I'm not for sure, but I think the term you might've been thinking about was like rooting. That's one form. Barefoot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. just get, yeah. In touch with nature. One thing that I wanted to add to this getting outdoor exercise that I'm going to throw a shout out to you, Robert, for is you found a way to incorporate having uh, nature connected. Well, I guess let me rewind and say that our youngest, Quinley, is a nature freak. This girl is probably going to grow up to be a tree hugger. I'm completely convinced and that's fine. Just for the record, I don't really care. But she loves nature so much. She like begs to go outside. Begs to begs Robert to go for walks. And I'm talking like the dog. She doesn't scratch the door or anything, but she just over and over repetitively, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. So he has formed a routine with her of of a nature walk. They get ready a little bit early. She has to be to school by nine. And there's a track that they created around the soccer field in her elementary. He takes her through and they learn about all kinds of things, nature. They've been talking about the trees, the leaves changing recently. Uh, When it rains, she likes to look at all the worms. So there's a lot of ways, I guess, that I want to point out that you can incorporate this. And she enjoys this time so much even though I've offered to um, take her on these walks too, she requests that her dad takes her to to school very often. And I think it it leads back to she gets a lot of that from him, just how much she and Grandma Julie, shout out to Grandma Julie, how much she enjoys this, this nature and it connects with her even at three years old. Yeah, I can't state it much better than that. And I appreciate the, the shout out there because in the realm of today's podcast, it is a wonderful transition. And, and you referenced it previously as well, that word routines. And that's the next one that I want to talk about is creating daily routines for yourself. How you start your day. If you establish that like the first six steps of your day is always, you know, get up as, uh, when the first alarm goes off, no snoozes make my bed, go deal with whatever I need to do within the bathroom, go make myself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Um, you know, if it's a school day, go start waking up. Like literally just, it doesn't have to be anything profound, but you just literally just list out the steps of getting adulting, just list out the adulting steps to start your day. But the way you want to see it play out ideally each day, and then just start doing it. You just create those daily routines. And then like uh, Christy talked about, incorporate your physical exercise activity into those early day day routines wherever possible. I will tell you, um, if you go on LinkedIn or other forms of social media, many, many successful people preach these things. Um, The earlier you can get up to start these routines, the better. The earlier you can get up and start doing these things before the rest of the world is up and moving, the easier it is to make these routines part of your every day. So again, let me just say, 
routine creation, if you can incorporate it with waking up early and and working in physical exercise activity within to it, you're you're already leveling. You're leveling, but there's still a power level to go to this. And Christie's example she gave is actually what I consider to be a power leveled version of that daily routine, which is that walk that I take with our daughter, my quinner, our quinner, sorry. It's a ritual. You want to level up your routines, power level them and create rituals. These are special daily practices that enhance your well-being and bring more balance to your life. You recognize the things within your routines that bring you the most like center to your being, brings the most fulfillment. Make those rituals. Now, again, you don't want to be overly reliant on them. I will say in the early goings, there were some days where I got a little stressed out if we weren't leaving on time to get these walks in. And that was something I had to work through, but it was just because I was recognizing the value from something so fairly brief, but so small and simple that I just, uh, I didn't want it. I didn't want to lose the ability to make it routine to ritual. Life happens. We're fallible human beings, right? So don't beat yourself up if you miss a day or if you're sick or if the weather just doesn't work out. There will be the next opportunity. And if it matters that much to you, it's if it's that much of a routine or if it's that much of a ritual, you will just start to recognize how excited and grateful you'll be when it is there the next time. Does that speak to you in any way or any thoughts that come from the discussion further of routines and rituals? I know you've already touched on it a number of times already. No, I think I'm just going to keep it moving forward. When you think about establishing routines, if you try to make that routine too robust or you have like maybe unique things like on Monday and Wednesday, my routine is this, but Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, it's this. If you try to manage all of that up in your noggin, you're likely to create more stress from your stress management technique, or let's just say the risk is run. So my next recommendation, my next tool for stress management success is list creation. If you don't want to do it daily, do one for the week. At the start of your week, just list out everything that is your, you know, either your honeydews, your your goal accomplishments for the week and your in your appointments, just list them all out. So that you have a place to go back to, to reference that is not just inside of your head. But I would even take, say, by all means, please try to do this on a daily basis. Make a list of what, you know, maybe the top 10 things that are you want to ensure occur within your day. And here's where it becomes great. It's not just about getting it out of your head and putting it on a piece of paper. I talk about it. I've mentioned it before, the, the checkmark idea. When you get something accomplished, whether you want or you want to line through it, put a star next to it, but I say check mark. That check mark, star, line through. You know what else it is? Little victory. When you start to recognize in written form, right in front of you, these goals and, and aspirations for your daily, weekly productivity have been accomplished, remind yourself, little victory. Christy, I, I feel like I am the I am the bigger list maker of the two of us. But I feel like the whole concept of victories definitely resounds with you. But I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? So I'm not a fan of lists. And it is well known by some. But I have a DD. And so I 
get very distracted. And just this morning, actually, I was saying, oh my goodness, I have so much to do today. It's my, you know, first day off and I need to do and name all the stuff. And, and Robert says, list, he yells from the kitchen. Yeah, he's right. I probably need a list. But what I wanted to say is, Robert is a very listy person and, you know, every week he goes through and creates a new list for himself. That's part of his Monday morning routine. And I am a sticky note person. I'm the type of person that I get a lot of satisfaction by crumbling up a sticky note and throwing it away or recycling it, however, you know. And so I'm just saying to some of those people who maybe get overwhelmed by list, but even though it's a great idea... And just thinking to put like all of your thoughts down when you're doing different things. If you can create a sticky note and you keep it all in one place, you know, oh, I can't do this right now, but I know I need to do it. So let me write this down and I'll go put it, you know, in my office on my by my computer. And then that is actually a list in a different form. So I just wanted to give, you know, people maybe they someone finds it helpful. It's helpful for me that I don't want to write all my lists in one spot, but I can you know, have all these sticky notes and then I'll come sit down, see what I can do right then and then crumble it up. And then as you see, and over time, that's like the victory for me is like clearing off a space. Yeah, certainly another effective way to go about it. So how do we power level that? How do we get just track of our little victories and perhaps get into tracking the bigger victories. I think it was originally first coined uh, by um, coming from President Dwight D. Eisenhower. They called it the Eisenhower Matrix. Uh, I first learned about it through uh, Franklin Covey's Five Choices to Extraordinary Productivity, but we will just simply call it a prioritization matrix. That is just very smart words. So this is really just like a graph of sorts. You're going to put a cross on a piece of paper. And, and it's going to have, it's your, it's your graph. It's your matrix. It's four quadrants. You've got your upper left, upper right, lower left, lower right. And here's how it works across the top. You're considering the urgency vertically, the importance. So quadrant one upper left, that is your urgent and important matters. Quadrant two, not urgent, important matters. Quadrant three, urgent, not important. Quadrant four, not urgent, not important. So when you start making your list for the week, maybe even for the day, maybe for the month, start plotting. Where do you think they sit in those four quadrants? In the professional realm and a lot of other people's perspectives, there's there's a number of ways you can talk about, ah, the, you know, one is what you do, another is what you delegate, another is what you just ignore, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell it to you like this. My perspective on it is you want to live in quadrant two. But in order to get there, you got to get an effective handle on what's in quadrant one. And you can't really ignore what's in quadrant three. Quadrant four is what you save for when you've just got pockets of free time. Quadrant two, that's the stuff that you probably need to ensure you're scheduling and making time for. Because in all likelihood, those are your big victories. Not urgent, but important. It's not just a means of, you know, reaching efficient use of your time and optimal productivity. It is, again, a way to master all of the things bouncing around in your head. All of those cars driving on the highway in your mind. It's now you who's 
controlling all of the individual vehicles at the same time as you see it when you so choose, instead of letting just them all create a traffic jam inside of you. Any other thoughts on the power leveling of that or using like prior means of prioritization? Mahaler. Again, I'm not a big fan of lists, so I've only done this one time and it wasn't really for me. I suggest at least trying it to see if this is something, if this is an area that kind of stresses you out where you feel like there's so much going on, you feel overwhelmed and you have all these things to do. I think it's worth a try just to see if it helps uh, as well as like lists or sticky notes. But you know, starting small and then and then powering up, like you said. So if you're not a list maker, you you know, try this to get all your, your thoughts organized. And maybe you'll see it's for you and maybe it won't be. Thank you very much for that. So originally I had this content set aside to be one standalone episode. But as we got into it and my Haller and I just do what we do, chat the night away. We recognized, I recognized, thanks to her pointing it out, to be quite honest, that this was maybe getting a little long in the tooth for one continuous episode. What we're going to do is we're going to break it down into multiple offerings. So consider this your first break from the seminar on power leveling your stress management game. Stay tuned. We'll be back with our next episode for more. Haller, if you hear me. Haller. I don't want to be 85 singing. Oh, no, I think I missed it. I was chasing money. I don't want to be 85 singing. Oh, no, I got a big house, but my heart is ugly. Can't take it with you, and your whip ain't going to miss you. So wipe off that window and see the bigger picture now. I don't want to be What if the scoreboard tallied love? What if the stock market valued love? What if the 401k was judged by how much you lifted others up? What if the best we could get was love? What if we were impressed with love? What if the status in class was love? What if it mattered how much you love? What if the money was not enough? What if we worked nine to five for love? What if the point of this life was love? What if the point of this life was love? Yo, I am not merely an economic unit. I am human. Hashtag Andy Grammer.